What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Anti Up from Fantasy Alarm and uh, from our friends here at the Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm your host, Howard Bender. With me, Adam Ronis. Uh, apology for my uh, technical difficulties yesterday. No, no episode on Monday. Um, but you know what? Life moves on. Sometimes the tech world just doesn't always agree with us. Uh, but we, here we are. Adam and I, fresh off of a, a of a draft that we did, a fantasy football draft that we did on Saturday, and uh, and here we are at the start of the NBA playoffs. So uh, a lot of excitement here. We're going to discuss today's draft. We're going to uh, give you some best bets for the NBA for Tuesday's games, and you know we'll hopefully be uh, on our merry way. Adam, how are you? Did, have you did you miss me? You went like a whole extra day without talking to me. Are you, are you okay? I didn't even notice. That's messed up, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's no, so definitely. Up. It's so hurtful. Was looking forward to talk to you. In fact, yeah, because someone had reached out to me saying that they subscribed to the podcast and they were like, oh, I wish you will talk a little bit more football. I'm like, oh, we're going to be doing plenty of football. We're going to review a draft on Monday. So uh, he hasn't hit me up yet, but hopefully he's listening for Tuesday. Hopefully he is listening for Tuesday. And yeah, we, we can, you know, I, it was kind of funny. I, I talked a little bit about this draft um, that we did on Saturday with uh, with Jim Bowden on the Fantasy Alarm Show. Um, but the, the segment topic was uh, was very interesting. It wasn't it wasn't, hey, let's review this draft. It was how do you handle a draft when you've got an idiot right smack dab in the middle of it? <laughs> Like uh, you know, we can. Uh, I'll, I'll find out when we when this podcast uh, when this episode goes live. I'll tweet out the the draft board so everybody can uh, can actually see it. Um, but man, this was uh, I was surprised at. I mean, g- g- you know what? Give me your thoughts here because a you were drafting you were drafting fifth. The gentleman in question that uh, was drafting right behind you. Um, and just to give our listeners here a, a you know an idea of just how bad it was. You took Dalvin Cook at number five overall. He was on the clock then at number six and didn't even hesitate and took Dak Prescott. Like, what the heck is that? Yes, and in case someone's like, oh, that's not a bad pick in a super flex league, a little bit of a reach. This isn't a super flex league. (laughs) We start one quarterback. I mean, this was was absurd. I'm... We were in this league last year, and I don't remember anything like this. I thought it was pretty solid league, uh, and I was just like, oh, here we go. We got a, a damn moron in the league, and, you know, I don't know if this happens in your home league that often. Probably not, especially if people are putting a decent amount of money. And remember, it's different for everyone. We could sit here and someone goes, oh, well, my home league's 50 bucks, and some people might scoff at that, but, you know, look, everyone has a different buy-in. You know, I have different leagues. Some are, you know, 100, some are 300. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's different, but there's no buy-in here, but there is, like, a, a reward, I think, hopefully, if it's the same as last year, because if not, I, I don't know why I joined this league, but I think it was 500. <laughs> it was, like, 500 to the winner and, like, a trophy or something. Um I was I came close. I lost in the final. I was the one seed. So I don't know. I should have reached out to Mike Dempsey one and say, hey, did you get that money? Because right, he's not exactly. in this league again. So maybe he didn't get what they promised. And then I would have backed out. But if there's no entry fee and the chance to win some money, sure, I'll do it. But I don't I don't understand this guy's draft at all. I mean, was he trying to be 
get attention. I mean, clearly, because there's no way you would draft like this at all. I mean, it's just foolish. I mean, you basically put, you, you you gave up and punted. He took three quarterbacks in the first seven rounds. I mean, gave up and punted. Six. That's not. That, I mean, that's not even. That's not giving up and punting. That's just. Right, he took you know. an eight and went home immediately. I mean, Dak Prescott, Rob Gronkowski. Then all of a sudden we get normal picks in Amari Cooper and Melvin Gordon. I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe he's right. back on track. And then he goes <laughs> in the fifth and he takes Joe Burrow and then he then he double taps QB again with a Tua pick in the sixth. And I was like, all right, uh, th- this is just. I mean, this is ridiculous. Now, I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not basing my draft at all on what he's doing. Although I did make a move for Kyler Murray a, a little bit earlier than I was originally going to. Only because I was like, all right, uh, if if he's pulling off Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow that early and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are gone, then, you know, somebody else is going to bite early on uh, on a QB. But, uh, man, I mean, it's just, you know what I, I just didn't like about it was just in the sense that, you know, you see players falling to, you know, good people like Josh Hayes or you that shouldn't be falling to you guys. And it just helps it helps beef up your team uh, because of the value that just slips through with these jackhole picks. Um, I only thought really one guy felt to me that shouldn't have. I mean, you think there was multiple? I, I like Kenyon Drake. I was stunned to get in the second round. Like I was, you know, we've seen him go late first, early second, and some. So that's not only on this guy, but it's a, on a lot of other people who passed on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he was drafting regularly he sh- probably would have taken Kenyon Drake yeah. uh, instead of Rob Gronkowski but you know someone in front of him took Mahomes and Kelsey so that allowed Drake to fall down the board a little bit but you thought there were other guys that fell in my lap because of him well I mean I just I think that this it's just natural that that happens when you're taking off players like Dak Prescott and Rob Gronkowski in the first two rounds immediately people following are getting players that maybe you know I mean should they have gotten them now you know it's not huge but yeah if you look at Kenyon Drake falling you know falling to that point um yeah I think that that's a you know kind of a, a you know a bigger deal I mean I'm, I'm not really I mean it's it's just like a, a steady constant like when he was taking Joe Burrow and Tua you know a normal person would have been taking you know Raheem Mostert or Cam Akers or a normal person would be taking Cortland Sutton uh, or DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery, you know, it's just it's that kind of a a thing where it just it shifts the balance, uh, you know, overall of the way the draft is going. It's not huge, but it's right, just, no, you know, you're, it's you're right. Yeah, no, I was definitely it was so stupid. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing that the guy was in there. You know, this is supposed to be. I don't know what kind of well. I mean, they call it the GGFS Pro League. I mean, I don't know. It's is it an expert league? I don't know. I mean, I know. Some of these guys in the industry, I don't know all of them, so I don't know what it's supposed I, to be. I know but... you, I know Mike Florio, I know Scott Engel, and I know Josh Hayes. Um, I've seen Bre- uh, D Brown around a lot on Twitter. I don't know him. I know Hayes. Uh, D Brown, the guy who was late to the draft, was he? I didn't even notice. I was just like, I the way the first and second round was going, I was like, dude, we're gonna be here all fucking night. I was like, I was getting so pissed off. You know what I'm saying? I was at my mom's house and I don't I haven't seen her much. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, I got to do this draft tonight. 
Uh, I got to watch the Grizzlies uh, Blazers at 2.30. So she's probably like, why are you coming here for? You're not even seeing me. So I'm like, all right, hopefully this won't be too fast, uh, too long. And I was like, oh, my goodness. But we actually finished in about an hour. So it picked up. Yeah, well, it definitely picked up. I was actually going to chime in and, and say something, too. I even sent a private message over to Josh Hayes being like, um, could you stop milking the clock for your your picks for crying out yeah, loud? Yeah, man. Like, look, it, it was a minute and a half, which something I don't look. I don't mind the time. It's draft day, an hour and a half, two hours. I don't mind it. I don't even mind sometimes when we do these serious XM host league, no time. I don't mind it as long as people don't milk it too much. But, like, it was the first round, and people were draining the clock. I was like, oh, boy, this is definitely a bad sign of things to come. Uh, and, look, there, there might be one or two picks in a draft where maybe I let it run. But I'm usually decisive. I know who I want. I definitely was sniped a couple of times right before. Uh, I think the longest I took was maybe 40 seconds. Uh, I was ready to make my picks relatively quickly. So, like like a normal I, person. Right. I mean, look, once in a while in a draft, you're like, you, you're not stuck. Like I always say, have three, four options. You know, as picks are go, all right, these are my next three in this order. And there's going to be an occasion or two where all of them go. And you're like, oh, my goodness, man, I can't believe that. And you got to take a second. Um, so it happened. Not me. Well, I was ready in round five. Like there was a bunch of receivers I wanted. They all went like five in a row. And I said, all right, well. Guess I'm gonna have to go running back here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I because I, I saw I saw a little bit of a drop off at the receiver. I said, all right, let me take a running back here, which I haven't done much this year. Three running backs in the first five rounds. I typically don't do that. Right. Uh, but as I always say, you have to be flexible and take what the draft gives you. Uh, I had I was ready to take a wide receiver in round two. Kenyon Drake's there. I'm not passing on him. I had the fifth pick. You know, I've taken Drake. You know, early second round. So had to adjust. And then, like I said, round five, I was I wanted McLaurin, Metcalf, Lockett, Chark, Parker. They all went in a row. And I didn't like any of the receivers there. I didn't want to take a quarterback. I thought about Zach Ertz, but elected to pass and then just said, all right, I'm take Akers. And I see you were in a similar spot. That's where you took Murray because you probably looked and said, I already have three running backs. I don't want to take another one. You could have. Yeah, I, I mean, it's early to handcuffed Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt in round five. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> right. You know, and then you probably didn't love the receivers there like me. No, and Diggs, Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton. Those are the names that, that came off the board. I mean, I, I like Keenan Allen. I like uh, Marquise Brown. I like uh, Tyler Boyd, but no, I mean, I was like at that point, I was like, ah, eh, you know, I mean, what about Ertz? Why didn't you take Ertz? You're not a fan. No, I'm not a fan of Zach Ertz. I'm really not. Okay. I think, uh, you know, again, when they, when the, when the Eagles keep adding weapons and I know that Ertz is like Wentz's boy, but no, nah, man, I mean, because to me, there's just, there's, there's usually more value, uh, at the tight end spot. And I'll tell you, you know, it's kind of funny because a couple of rounds later, uh, two of, you know, two of my favorite tight ends, uh, got snagged right before me. So I wasn't, you know, able to do it. Which would one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, so it was the ninth round. So yeah. So what happened to me was I ended up, uh, somebody took Hunter Henry and I kind of thought, I was like, God, ah, John U. Smith always falls in drafts. I wasn't even worried about not getting Hayden Hurst or Waller. I was like, all right, you know, I'll get John U. Smith. And then that didn't happen. 
Uh, That's the earliest I've seen John o. Smith go this year. Ninth round. Of, yeah. Yeah. Nine yeah. eleven. I've never seen him go that early. Yeah. So I just I know that there's good value at the tight end position if you you know if you're sifting through the right guys and John o. Smith is perfectly like he's that example of the, just such an underrated player because there's no Delaney Walker and really who's catching passes uh, for Tennessee. Like, you've got A.J. Brown, okay, fine, but who's beyond that? I mean, Corey Davis, that dude sucks. Adam Humphreys out of the slot, no. You know, like, like you know Jonu Smith is going to see a good, you know, good chunk of targets uh, on that team, especially also in the red zone. Yeah, I think people are concerned only because this is a team that doesn't project to pass a lot. I mean, we kind of saw it in the playoffs now. For that to occur again, they're going to have to play from ahead. And I don't know if they can go on the run that they did last year in the second half where everything just broke right for them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with John o. Smith. We know how talented he is. We've seen him even have like a 60-yard run last year. So it's just a matter of him getting the target. So, yeah, I'm willing to take the shot on him, especially when you can get him as a second tight end, which you can in most drafts. Right. So this one, of course, lo and behold, this is the one draft I can't. So... Um, you know, but I mean, listen, I'm fine. I took Mike Gesicki and then two rounds later, I still had Jared Cook available. I was like, ah, well, that's just ridiculous. You know, that's just, you know, I mean, the, the, the value of what I saw late in this draft was crazy. I mean, it really was. Um, and to be able to get certain guys like that at that point, you know, definitely made me smile. It was, uh, it's kind of, Kind of nice when it when it works out like that. But I'll tell you what. Here's the funny thing, though. Um, I swore up and down the line that I would never take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. We had a discussion <laughs> last week, and you're like, oh, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not a first-round pick. And then I see you take him. I'm like, what the hell? As soon as that dipshit took Dak Prescott in the first round, I was like, no entrance fee? Okay. This is the league to do it. This is the league where if I want to try taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that first round just to have that shit, you know, that share of him, you know, like it's the one league I'll do it in because that dude took Dak Prescott in the first round. So I know what I can kind of get away with. But I mean, I immediately I didn't screw around and I paired him up with Nick Chubb. I mean, I was like. You know, that was that was what I was going to do. Let me ask you a question here because you know what this actually kind of bummed me out when I took I took Juju Smith-Schuster in the in the third, but I really didn't like it. Like, you know, Godwin went, Amari Cooper went, then Galladay and Allen Robinson right before me. So it was like Juju, Mike Evans, Thielen, DJ Moore, um, I ruled out Odell Beckham only because, you know, I already had Nick Chubb and I didn't want to, you know, not stacking Browns. Um, and then, you know, it was like the tier after that was like the Calvin Ridley's and the AJ Browns and the DK Metcalf, um, your thoughts on Juju Smith Schuster and who would you have taken in that spot? If you were me, I would have been Beckham for me and I could not believe he almost made it to me. I was two picks away. He went at four, six, he did. He went four, six. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, man, am I going to get Beckham in round four? Uh, because I've already taken Beckham. In a league or two, I think I took him in FSGA, I believe. Yeah, I think I started Zeke, Robinson, Beckham, something like that. Uh, but I like Juju. I think, you know, the Steelers offense is going to be really good. You know, in this range, like these receivers are all close for me. I actually would have to go look at my rankings. 
to see where I have them. But I like Juju. I might only have him in one best ball so far. I don't have a ton of them, but I do like him. Uh, and I think he's going to bounce back. I think he was hurt last year. And I don't give any value to the numbers he put up when he was on the field because Ben Roethlisberger got hurt week two. Right. And that offense was an absolute disaster because I know there are some people still arguing. And I don't think we can we have the answer yet was he can't play without Antonio Brown, that he benefited from Antonio Brown. I don't think last year told us anything at all. If Ben stays healthy the whole year, then I think we'll get a better idea of that this year. But I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good, too. I would like to see them just keep him in the slot. I mean, that's really, that's his bread and butter. I mean, how many times do we see receivers get moved to the outside where they're just, they're, they're less successful? Juju was definitely in that, in that camp. Adam Thielen in that camp. Um, Cooper Cup. They took him out of the slot when they started doing the 12 personnel and he started falling off the map. So, you know, I mean, it's definitely it's it's something that you need to kind of pay attention to and you need to look at uh, as far as that goes. But I mean, I you know, I, I just I think that, that Juju is very talented. Uh, this is the only I think this is the only draft I have him in. This is the only draft. I actually, I've got, you know, I got burned by a garbage time Juju Smith-Schuster touchdown. It didn't mean anything. They were, like, already winning the game, and then it was just some stupid garbage time touchdown that Juju caught uh, that cost me the FSGA championship. Um, so, yeah, I've, uh, I've got a little, little animosity towards him. Yeah, you have to forget about that, though, for this year. I can't year. do it, Adam. I can't, I, you know. You got to. I can't. I'm emotional. I see that. And Sorry. we know that when you use your emotions to play fantasy, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And yet sometimes I I, 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 I succumb. I can't help it. I can't help it. Something you're going to have to work your way out of. Something I will have to work my way out of. So we'll, we'll do another episode of uh, fantasy therapy uh, for another <laughs> time. But... Uh, for those of you guys, again, we'll tweet out this uh, the link to the draft board so you guys can check it out while uh, you know while you're listening in, and you can see um, we'll see uh, whose team's better, mine or Adams. Uh, ooh, maybe we'll put a poll up or something like that. Uh, really inspire some fighting between us. Although I do, I really like your team. I really do. I mean, how do you not? Dalvin Cook, Kenyon Drake, Cam Akers, you handcuffed to Madison, Chase Edmonds. Uh, is a great handcuff to Drake. I'm, I'm not a Bernard guy, but, you know, I'm not going to hate on a pick that's third to last round. Um, your wide receivers, I mean, Godwin, Woods, Hollywood. You got Gallup. De- I love Deontay Johnson sitting there in the eighth round like that. Um, Paris Campbell, uh, Wentz and Roethlisberger. I like Jack Doyle. I'm not so much a TJ Hawkinson fan, but I really dig your team, dude. I really, really dig your team. Yeah, tight ends, probably the weakness. There was some news that came out of Hawkinson that he's still not 100% from this ankle injury, and he's trying to push through it. I'm like, oh, great, exactly what I need to hear now. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, but everything else, yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with it. You took Gusecki, who I wanted, uh, so that kind of hurt me there. And uh, you took a lot of guys that I like, too. Marvin Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Rager. So you got some good values, too. Lazard, DeAndre Washington, I was eyeing in that round. So, yeah, uh, should be should be fun. And, um, 
except for the guy next to me who uh, is going to finish last. Dude, that, that dude's going to he's going to finish in last place, and you know that's the see. You know what's here? the problem with it? I just thought of it. You know what's the problem with this dude? Is that by week eight he's going to stop setting his line? No. Uh, well, that's one. This is a trading league. I wonder if this guy's friends with one of the guys in the league. Because remember, they brought in someone last minute. Was this the guy they brought in? There could be collusion in this shit. <laughs> if, Wait, for real, gonna, I mean, he, what's he gonna he's going to be away? like, oh, what of his quarterbacks? Well, none. But uh, I mean, are oh. you, are you tra- okay? If he trades his, if he trades for value for quarterback, then he's going to be getting rid of Dak Prescott, which means that he's going to win the league with with either Burrow or Tua as his QB. Nah, bro. Well, you already has EJ Green who's dealing with a hammy. Who would have seen that coming? Oh my god, dude, that was <laughs> I was laughing. My no victory laps though, man. It's still early. I know, I know, but it's just you know what? It's like oh my god, that is so AJ Green, right? How's the view from the sidelines, jackhole? I just, I, I you, just do you dislike? I do you dislike AJ Green? No, I love no, no, it. No, 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 no. I don't dislike AJ oh, okay. Green. I dislike people who insist that he is going to be what he once was. That, you know, like, I, I mean, literally last year, so I think I've told you this, last year. No, I remember. I yeah. was telling people, like, week five, week six, I'm like, drop him off your team. Are you not seeing the handwriting on the wall? The team is 0-6. There's no incentive to bring him back. He wants to work out a long-term deal. He doesn't want to risk getting hurt. He wants to come back and play for a contract and and do all of that. So get him off your freaking roster. And people were like, you know, I mean, people really, they were, they were really mean to me, Adam. I mean, you know. It was, That's stunning on Twitter. No one's ever mean. It's crazy, man. But I was like, wow, why don't I, I don't understand. And you know what? And I didn't even take a victory lap at the end of the season. I didn't even do that. I didn't like turn around and say, all you AJ Green truthers out there can suck it. I didn't say anything like that. I just, you know, it happened. It walked away because it was just, to me, it was so painfully obvious that no matter how many times I said it, when people fought me on it, I mean, I was just like, fine, just go ahead, lose your league. Give up. Oh, well, I I made it. I, I won my league and I had AJ Green on my roster. Well, then you got freaking lucky, dude, because you wasted a freaking bench spot for no reason whatsoever. You got nothing out of him. And yet they still, well, it doesn't matter. I, you know, he could have come back, but he didn't. It's very upsetting. Yeah, well, people always have optimism when it comes to injuries and usually too much. And we're seeing that now with Debo Samuel. It's the same thing where people continue to draft them pretty early, in my opinion, and Maybe I'm wrong, and he's ready week one, two, three, but I just am not doing it. If you have an IR spot, great. And we know more leagues are going to have them this year due to COVID-19 would be my guess. But I only took A.J. Green in one league last year, and it was because we had unlimited IR spots, and it was round nine. He was like my fourth receiver. I said, okay, it was early August. At that point, was the same thing. Like, yeah, he'll be back week two, three, or four. I said, all right, you know what? I'll draft him. I'll put him on the IR. It's not going to crush me if he doesn't do anything or he aggravates it. So I had the IR spot. I held him the whole year, and it didn't crush me. I still finished as the one seed and made the final. So every other league, though, not touching him. Like, he was going fifth, sixth round in the high-stakes leagues. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Not doing it. So that was the only league I – and, again, it's it's everything has to have context. And in that league, 
It was super flex. He fell down the board. Unlimited IR spot. Sure, I'll take the risk in round nine. Week five or six with no around five or six, no IR spots. Nope, not happening. Right. Yeah. If you need the spot, then then you know then then that's then then you have to make that cut. But if you don't need, if the spot is irrelevant because you have unlimited IR spots, uh, then then yeah, go ahead. You know, do whatever you're gonna do. Um, I mean, it's just again, you know what it is. It's it's to me this is uh, this is no different than people drafting Antonio Brown right now. Because all you're doing is eating a spot. A, he's not with the team. B, he's got an eight-game suspension. When you draft him, you know the problem is is that you're you're not just drafting him to hope when he comes back, but you're you're committing to him until he comes back. Because what are you going to do? Why why would you have wasted a roster spot if you're just going to cut him? You know, week three, week four. You know, like that's the thing is that if you really, if you genuinely believe that he is worth owning, that you're going to take him in your draft, knowing that he's got an eight game suspension, he's still a free agent, then you're telling me that you're just, you're playing one bench spot short all year, all year for what? Nothing. Well, I think the people who are doing that are hoping like, all right, he signs with a team and in the second half, if he does play, I mean, he's a difference maker. He can win you the league. Now, it's can you get by that first half of the season? The other thing is, and I'm interested to see if people change the way they play this year, is that there's a chance that the season gets shut down, right? I'm not saying it will, but there's that chance. And a lot of leagues are going to say, all right, well, if it reaches this point, season's official. And in that case, yeah. He's a hole in your roster because you might not even get to week 16. I'm hoping we do, and I think we will, but you do have to take that into consideration. Yeah, you, you damn right you do. <laughs> it's nuts. It's totally, it's nuts. It really is. Um. <laughs> anyway, all right. What I want to do right now is uh, I want to I want to give a, a shout out to our sponsors. Thank uh, our friends uh, at Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, by paying a few bills with this message. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you. Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P. You will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we... Uh, Pay the bills. Okay, we'll continue football talk uh, as these shows commence. But uh, what I want to do right now, and yeah, this is what bummed me out about not being able to record last night. 
um, was because I wanted to do a best bets NBA section with you because you got four games going. You had four games going on Monday. You got another four on uh, on Tuesday. So, and because the games are all throughout the day, I want to make sure that we get this out nice and early for everybody. Um, if they want to make any kind of a wager, we're going to look at the, uh, I'm going to look at the money lines and the point spreads and the over-unders on uh, DK Sportsbook, uh, right now. Obviously, if you, uh, you know, hear us make a call or, you know, well, hear us, hear Adam make a call, because I'm not going to tell you who's going to win these stupid games. Um, but when Adam makes a call, uh, just remember to keep in mind what the, uh, you know, if, uh, if it's a different line, if it's a different over-under. Uh, whatever that you know, going from book to book. So, nevertheless, Adam, you ready to start talking some hoops? Let's do it. Start off with the morning game: Orlando Magic, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Bucks are a twelve-point favorite. The uh, what you would call it? The the money line on this one is uh, the Bucks are a minus nine ten over under two twenty five. Any of this even remotely worth betting for you? No, unless you're going to do a parlay and include the Milwaukee money line. Uh, I really don't like these double-digit spreads because, uh, you know, you could always have the backdoor cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bucks have not been great against the spread lately. Orlando has. But Milwaukee didn't have much to play for in the bubble. And this is now the playoffs. It's different. So uh, I lean, if I had to pick, I would take, the Milwaukee with the points. Um, Orlando's offense has really struggled, and especially against Milwaukee, I think they're going to have a hard time scoring. They're also banged up. Aaron Gordon might not play in this game. I think he's listed as questionable. Uh, so they're not 100%. So uh, I would lean towards the under, too. But uh, I don't feel really strongly about it. I was going to say, doesn't the 225 seem a little bit high given the situation? It does. I mean, the thing is, uh, Milwaukee could put up, like, 126 and Orlando could score 100 and it goes over. Right, yeah. You're but right. uh yeah, I would I would lean towards the under. Uh Gordon is going to be a game time call. He went through a non-contact practice on Monday for the third straight day, but he's not 100% and they'll reevaluate him Tuesday morning. So uh that's that's not great for them. No. It's definitely not. Um, all right, and the next game on the slate, uh, Miami Heat against the Indiana Pacers. Heat favored by four, uh, over-under of 216. The money line tilts towards the Heat at minus 177. Yeah, I like the Heat in this game. You know, they've dominated the Pacers this year. Jimmy Butler does not like T.J. Warren. They've been going to war all season long. Uh, they played twice last week. Second game really meant nothing, and not a lot of the starters played. Uh, but I liked Miami in that first one, and they did indeed cover. Uh, so I think Indiana's a dangerous team, but I, I really like Miami in this one with Butler, and they're very deep, and they have some guys that can shoot from the outside. I think Indiana could be a little bit of a pain in the series, but for game one, I think the Heat come out strong. I think they win, like the money line, uh, like the minus four. All right, beautiful. Oklahoma City Thunder against the Houston Rockets. Uh, Thunder favored by a point and a half, over-under of 225. Money line tilted towards the Thunder at minus 120. How is James Harden not favored here? Come on. Russell Westbrook is not playing, so that's the issue. Uh, He is out, and we don't know how much he's going to miss. 
Uh, well, he did practice the other day, or was at least shown. I don't think he went through the practice, but yeah, he's going to be out. Uh, I, I like the Thunder in this one. I think they're a team that just hasn't been given enough respect this year. They were looking to be a rebuilding team. Uh, that's why a lot of people thought Chris Paul would get traded, but this team has really played well to get where they are. Chris Paul's had a really good year. So Shea Gilgis Alexander's played well in the bubble. They just got Dennis Schroeder back as he was out for the birth of his kid. You know, Gordon hasn't looked great since coming back from injury for the Rockets. So, yeah, I mean, you always worry about Harden going off, and he's probably going to get his. The question is, what will the the rest of the team do? So uh, I see the Thunder winning this game, you know, minus one and a half, pretty good. And uh, their number has gone up, but they are, I think, Plus 120, plus 130 to win the series, and uh, I would consider that. All right, beautiful. By the way, speaking of people with kids, did you see the uh, the uh, how they announced the players in the Toronto-Brooklyn game? I did not watch that live, but I heard about it. Yeah. Lowry's it kids cool. were pretty damn funny about it. It was, <laughs> it was good. They had, like, a whole little routine all set and – <laughs> and I gotta tell you, man. You know what? Like me, who who hates kids and whatnot. When I saw all that, and I saw Lowry's reaction on the court, I was like, "Oh man, I I actually got moved for a moment there." It was it was cute. It was adorable. All right, fine, whatever. No, I heard it was cool. I just I missed it. Well, I guess. Oh, you know what it was? The first game was overtime, so it started. Uh-huh. Well, the other game was going on, and I never I, – obviously, I was going to watch the overtime. So I, I missed – when I flipped over, it was already like 10-2 Toronto. So, But I had seen headlines on social media that they did that, but I just never clicked to watch it. Well, I'm sure you can find it on the old Twitter machine and, uh, and do well with that. Um, all right, so you like the Thunder in this one. You like the Heat in the other one. You like the Bucks. And that one there. All right. Now the big one. Now the game that matters to me. Uh, Trailblazers, Lakers. Lakers favored by five and a half. Over under of 229. Uh, money line says Lakers at minus 230. Yeah, I like the Lakers in this one. A lot of people, I think, are going to be on Portland because of their run. They won so many close games and not against great teams either. Uh, they won so many three-point, four-point games. I know the Lakers didn't look good in the bubble, but they just don't have an answer for Anthony Davis or LeBron James. I don't see anyone slowing Anthony Davis down, and Collins has been ruled out. So they've gone with Wenyan Gabriel, who's like a rookie, who's gonna, who was in the starting lineup last game. So I think that's a problem. And they have no one to slow down LeBron either. I mean, what are they going to put on him? Uh, they would have been Trevor Ariza, but he's not playing. Yeah. And... Melo's not going to slow him down. So uh, I think we're going to see a big performance from the Lakers in game one. So uh, I like the Lakers in this one. Yeah, kind of, you know, it obviously makes me a little sad. But, I mean, the Blazers just have no defense. None. None. So, but, yeah. All right. So I like it. I like it. Um, Four-team parlay. Um. Yeah, you throw in the Bucks money line there. You take the Heat minus four. Take the Thunder minus one and a half. And then take the Laker money line there. Uh, I don't know. 
it's risky. It seems like it's it always seems good seems until so you easy, uh, right. It does, and then you click on submit, and then you watch as two of them don't get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on right this is this is this is what it's all about man you make well, i think i think tuesday's games are tougher than monday uh, i was not surprised that denver covered and denver opened as a three-point favorite and then mike conley was ruled out and that line jumped to five so they need kind of got lucky because they they were not going to cover but they got overtime and they did and then Boston was favored, and they were down, but they wound up covering as well. Dude, Toronto so, covering it, was actually lucky. No, why was that lucky? Dude, yeah, they, they were, were. It looked like they were blowing. They blew like a thirty-point lead at one point. I was like, "You got to be kidding me here!" So, but how's that lucky? They were up the entire way. They were. They wound up winning by twenty-four. I know that's how they did it, but you were nervous after a little while as the game was going on and the Nets were staying in it. Like midway through the fourth quarter, it was finally when they finally, you know, separated a little further. Well, what, the uh, ten no. point, it was a 10-point spread. Yeah, and what, I, the closest I saw the Nets get was nine. Did it get closer? Mm, I don't know. I think that was the closest I saw it, too. Yeah, so why would you be nervous when you had a huge lead the closest was nine? <laughs> because I thought they were a little lax. Uh, well, that happens when you have that big lead, but they want them covering. And winning easy. They did wind up covering, and they definitely won easily. That was for sure. Yeah, Nets' luck was uh, out. Out! All right, so so today, Monday's games are easier than Tuesday's games, but I don't know. All right, which which one are you looking at for your best bets tomorrow on, uh, on Tuesday's wager alarm? Leaning Miami. Leaning Miami. I'll get my Jimmy Butler jersey ready. All right. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, that's going to do it for us here today. Promised you, you know, some fantasy football talk and, hey, some NBA uh, little action look right there for uh, for Tuesday's game. So, you know, hear the analysis, love him what he does, and check out everything that Adam has over at Fantasy Alarm and Wager Alarm as well. Uh, he'll keep you in the green, baby. Keeping you in the green. But yeah, that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much to Sawdust, and thank you so much to Fantasy Alarm, and I'm Howard Bender, and for Adam Ronis. Adam, you got any parting shots here? Anything, anything last uh, last thoughts you want to uh, share with the world? Go get that money. Go get that money, yo! Get some! All right, that's going to do it for us on Andy Up. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.